construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Yes, indeed, it is the Flagstick Podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Jeff Botter. And of course, the Flagstick Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at TaylorMade Golf Canada. Uh, introducing Stealth with Carbon Face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Wood Age. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca for more information. Uh, welcoming in, of course, my uh, my good buddy, Scott McLeod, my co-host in this venture, Scott. A dreary day as we record this podcast, hopefully not as dreary when this podcast comes out uh, tomorrow, but uh, yuck. No, but you know what? Summer summer is here and uh, obviously some warm temperatures are starting to show up. Uh, weather has not been great through the spring, but you know, I get sort of tired of talking about the weather. Yeah. Um, but you we know, do talk it, about it a lot. eh? like, like yeah, I mean, it is it, golf. Everybody does. So. I mean, everybody that's in the golf business talks about the weather. That's what they naturally do. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just a natural thing for a lot of people to default uh, too, as far as conversations, but uh, yeah, we'll move on for that. You know what? It's good enough weather to play some golf, whether it's raining or too hot or whatever. Just just get out there and play. Well, yeah, we we might as well we might as well talk about the size of my feet because we can control that as much as we can control the weather. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think we want to talk about your feet. No, but probably hey, not. Probably yeah. not. Oh my it's goodness! A golf podcast. After well, that, all. Th- this podcast just got off to a yeah. rock and well, roaring great start. Well, didn't it? it actually got off to a raring bad start before we actually got <laughs> on here. Uh, me trying to connect, we couldn't figure out what was going on with the sound. Well, you know, one, it helps to have your microphone on, and yeah. two, it helps to have your microphone plugged in. So, your head, it, well, uh, your microphone on. Oh yes, and, and your headphones, headphones plugged, plugged in. Plugged in. Yeah. Yeah, you think uh, I'd have that figured out after twenty-five plus years of doing media work, but uh, yeah, you know, not so much. I, I swear, from from now on, I hit record as we as we come on on the air for the podcast. I'm going to hit record as soon as we join each other because some of the stuff that happens before <laughs> before we actually start recording <laughs> is probably rather entertaining. It probably could create like a whole docket of uh of outtakes or uh yeah. or bloopers that we could do a whole we could do a whole podcast thing on on a stream of bloopers together it'd probably be somewhat I th- I entertaining think every i think everybody has that i mean going back to you know days of doing radio shows and stuff like that there's always stuff that happens i mean if people think this is a perfect little world where everything is edited into a cute little good luck with that to go on social media sorry folks that's that's not how it works uh-uh. uh, in in just about anything so yeah uh-uh. anyways anyways no, lots going on these days so yeah uh, so you know, uh, we've got uh, you know as always it's a uh, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rocking good show rocking good show we got uh uh, some very uh, some stuff to catch up on on the front nine mm-hmm. uh, with news and information from around the region and and beyond. Um, uh, a really cool interview that uh, that you've got in the back nine in this episode with uh, with Gord Percy, who's the GM and head professional of Smith Falls Golf Club, but he's also uh, the newest president of the PGA of Canada. So you did an interview with him. It's it's a really I mean it, it's a really good interview. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good listen uh, for uh, uh, our watch, depending on how you're looking at this podcast or listening to it. Um, so stay tuned for that in the in the back nine segment of the show. Also in the back nine, Kevin Haim is uh, is back on the lesson to you with us to help tidy up our takeaway, your takeaway, 
my takeaway is perfect. Uh, well, it's no perfect if you don't make it. Exactly. Well, I haven't made it yet, so it's uh, it's dialed in. There you it's go. Free. Perfect. Um, but we uh, let's let's get this uh, let's get this podcast and let's get the front nine teed off. Um, as always, uh, Metcalf Golf Club is uh, is our presenting our sponsor of the of the front nine and Metcalf Golf Club is a natural setting of pleasant challenge. Uh, looking for a golf at a great rate, say fifteen percent when you prepay. Visit Metcalf Golf dot com to book or to prepay for those uh, rounds of golf all right scott front nine um yeah lots going on i mean on. It, it is the time <laughs> of year where there is there is a lot of stuff going on yeah. and uh you know locally and regionally it's kind of our you know the flagstick bread and butter obviously we do talk about a lot more than that and and mm-hmm, uh, for sure. dive into some other topics but a lot of stuff going on this time of year it's tournament season plain and simple and that means that week after week after week there's dozens of uh, of events happening mm-hmm. uh, from the simplest qualifiers charity events are starting to ramp up again uh, now that covid is sort of uh, in our rearview mirror a little bit um and uh and obviously uh, competitive golf season is uh, is upon us so um you know one of the um one of the highlight events obviously the ovga is a big part of of what goes on in golf throughout the uh, national capital region at least yeah obviously that's golf the, ontario that's, and stuff yeah is, so that's is, the ottawa valley golf association if you're not familiar with yes it. yes acronyms do not uh, tell no the story do they no they do not um and the ovga has some ottawa valley golf association ovga have some uh some championships that have long-standing history and one of those events that has long-standing history is the junior city and districts yeah uh been going on for a very 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 long time and uh and highlands uh golf club over by the airport um was the uh was the host of the junior city and districts this year yeah it was the uh it was a busy last weekend a couple of different things going on over at highlands but as you mentioned the junior city and district so junior girls juvenile girls juvenile boys and junior boys uh, a lot of the best players turned out uh, a lot of the team members from the ottawa valley golf association their development teams their junior teams as well uh great winners there you know sophie folds who picked up the title uh in the uh, for uh, from Royal Ottawa and the juvenile girls. Uh, and then she won by a stroke for the overall title uh, over the junior girls winner, which was Lauren Gervais, who plays at a Carlton Golf and Yacht Club. And then on the boys side, Max Corcoran, uh, who's uh, won the junior boys category. He plays a lock march. Uh, he also won the overall title in a one-hole playoff over Isaiah Ibbett of Camelot Golf and Country Club, who uh, was uh, the juvenile boys, win- boys winner. So great to see that turn up uh, turnout there. Um, you know, again, you know, it's it's the premier event as far as the uh, junior circuit uh, in the region um, for the OBGA. And, and uh, certainly those players there uh, that have won those titles have, have a lot of them have gone on to a lot of success. So uh, good to see. And uh, also as well, you know, there's more qualifiers that are happening at the exact same time yep. at Highlands. Yep. So that, that included part of it um we can dive into that a little bit as well if you like sure yeah we, well let's 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 get into that in just a second we, we should note that um the uh the ovga uh we'll call it junior um uh city and districts is not well i guess it isn't junior city and district but there's 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 more to that uh to come obviously mm-hmm. the peewee and bantam divisions right i kind of i kind of lump all that together junior golf is junior juvenile peewee bantam 
Um, yeah. it's still, it's still all junior golf. They're still all junior golfers by definition, but sure. categorized. It's kind of like, we're all minor hockey players under the certain age, but you're categorized, right? Peewee, mm. Bantam, Midget, you know, novice, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the Peewees and Bantams still have to play. Now they're the, they're the younger ones, but this is, you know, what's, what's so important to, to note here is with these championships is, um, these age groups, these junior golfers, these, this is the future of competitive golf. This is the, you know, we, we look at the city and district men's and the city and district ladies and, and seniors and so on. And we look at those as like the premier elite level events and that's, and they are, uh, but the, the more important, um, ones are the ones with the younger kids that are coming up into those, you know, just getting into those, those, uh, men's, uh, ranks where if they're if we don't have that down there then we don't have these major mm-hmm. championships for men and women up above too it's so so important especially with the the girls side of things seeing the level of competition and the number of participants mm-hmm. is you know um, extremely important yeah and and the big thing there is that you know this is the early exposure to competitive golf mm-hmm. and you know while i see a lot of golfers uh you know taking part in clinics here and there some golfers are sort of afraid to take on competition and to go out and play and they should realize that you know everybody else is in that position at some yeah. point so um there's a lot to be learned from it um it's not about going and yeah you know what everybody has high scores i mean you look on the tours you know players that are some of the best players in the world will shoot scores that are normally high for them at some point there's nothing to be embarrassed by that um things happen golf happens it's going about there and getting comfortable getting used to that competition so the more that we see golfers turn out for this and 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 you know, rightly, I, I guess people should, you know, be interested and maybe get their, their kids, you know, kind of signed up for these and at least enter them in it and they get a feel for it. You're right. That creates the foundation and works their way up as far as providing a base. Uh, you know, like we were talking about, obviously, the play junior golf tour as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that's... everything within this district, those are providing competitive opportunities. But people have to understand is that, you know, you can't sit there and complain about not having competitive opportunities for your kids to play mm-hmm. if you don't sign up and play in them because the events need support as well for them to to keep happening and for associations and other you know other groups and sponsors to put effort behind this um so it kind of works together it's a catch-22 uh but anyway so what's happening right now as well as you know the reason why there's a little bit of separation here is that these events now are qualifiers as well and mm-hmm. they work their way up for other events that are you know in the province or you know at the provincial level uh and so forth so um yeah you're right the peewees and bantams it would be great to see a huge turnout those are going to take place at rockland and rivermead uh on july 3rd and july 4th i believe you still can get some signed up for that so if you have kids that are of that age definitely for that city and district championship you'd be surprised they'll go and try it they might find it super super fun and and they want to do it and yeah there's some great opportunities there for them cool uh, now we we're talking about the qualifiers there is another qualifier <clears throat> a qualifier component of what what happened at, at highlands as well if you want to touch on that right now yeah, so the uh, <clears throat> the Ontario Junior Boys Championship, their uh, U19, uh, held a qualifier at the same time that was happening at uh, at Highlands during the uh, when the sitting district uh, was going on, and there was also a, a separate Ontario Men's Amateur qualifier that was going on as well, which is nice to see. Um, these Ontario Championships, obviously, if we go years back, you know, players used to have to go to you know 
down to Kingston or to Belleville mm-hmm. or whatever to qualify for these uh, provincial championships in Ontario. Well, we're blessed in Ottawa that we have access to both Quebec and Ontario as far as competitions. And, you know, it's nice to see these Ontario amateur and, and junior uh, qualifiers happening in, in the Ottawa area. So uh, 13 players qualified for the uh, junior boys, the U19 from the area, and then eight other players qualified for the Ontario men's amateur. Now we've got all those names up on flagstick.com if people want to go there and check it out uh, as far as those qualifiers. But uh, congratulations to those successful qualifiers who, you know, will move on to those prospective uh, provincial championships. Yeah, obviously we don't want to get into, uh, we don't want to get into reading laundry lists of names. I mean, here. I know it's nice to yeah. hear your name and, and see your name in print when we, when we did that, but uh, now you can go online and see your name and yes. all that stuff is up at flagstick.com. Um, now, Scotty Mack had, yes. speaking of weather, um, your weekend weather was, uh, was pretty decent um, for, uh, and you spent some time um, at Cataraqui mm-hmm. uh, and took in some outstanding uh, <laughs> women's golf. Yeah, I was over there on uh, Saturday, and then I returned on Monday as well. The uh, Golf Ontario Women's Match Play Championship was happening at Cataraqui down in Kingston. Uh, that also ran concurrently, as we mentioned before, with the Eastern Provinces Championship. Um, you know, 34 players were contending for the Women's Match Play Championship. Uh, unfortunately, with so many other co- competitive events happening, uh, there were a number of players that were kind of absent from that field. But again, they had a strong field of, uh, you know, USGA senior uh, amateur winner like Judith Corinnes, uh, Team Ontario players. Uh, in the end, it was Reza Sheik, who, who plays at University of Nevada, uh, who ended up winning the title in the final, uh, defeated Aaron Matthews, and it was a back and forth battle there at Cataraqui, and uh, just some quality golf. And uh, I, I should actually put up, I had a little photo gallery that was up on our Instagram handle, if people want to have a look at it there, uh, but I'll get a little bit more of one up on our uh, website as well. But uh, you know, really good, outstanding play. Um, it's nice to have that championship back. Uh, the players really enjoy going to Cataraqui for that. Uh, it's a great format there. Different, a little bit different this year with the Monday finish, uh, mm-hmm. but that worked out quite well. There's just the the two matches in the morning and the final in the afternoon. Um, it's normally a, a little bit of a maintenance day there at Cataraqui. They don't start tea times till 10 o'clock on Monday. So the players were able to get out there early. Uh, so it was fun just to go out four players on the golf course and nobody nice. else but maintenance crew. And uh, uh, congratulations to, to raise a fine playing there. And uh, also congratulations to her very tired mother who, was uh who was catting for her oh and my. uh i talked to her i think four holes into the semi-final and i don't think she really expected that uh you know she was gonna have to walk that many holes but uh i think she's glad she did considering you know that's an indication that obviously uh reza was all of a sudden all the way to the finals and and uh her mom was pretty happy in the end helping her uh, hoist the trophy nice mom is a trooper you got it mom's a trooper um okay well pushing pushing on through um some more uh, man there's a lot of a lot of oh, stuff yeah. to there's talk lots. about my goodness yeah um the ottawa sports awards uh these awards uh, have been going on for for quite some time yeah uh, flagstick and flagstick.com has always uh, you know some had, had somewhat some involvement in in helping with the um with the selection process particularly of the golfer of the year yeah. um you know given that obviously we cover uh, more golf in 
cover more golf pretty much than, <laughs> than, any, than any other you know media outlet uh yeah. you know particularly in this region but mm-hmm. far beyond it too uh, and have been doing that for over 25 years so um you know we're always happy when they call uh to help them with uh with that selection process as far as you know who's done what and who's deserving and um the golfer of the year this year uh was uh was select that was selected was james newton yeah um james had i mean again i we don't want to get into a laundry list of his accomplishments because there there are quite a few yeah um, for sure if you want to if you want to check out the uh the article on flagstick.com um the uh the details um of of you know his accomplishments that led mm-hmm. to him receiving this award uh, are there but he is uh he is a 2021 ontario junior champion and uh and he was a member of the uh you know, the national team, uh, yep. golf Canada's national team. So yeah, g- good choice. Good choice there. Easy selection, obviously for the, for the committee uh, didn't need a lot of involvement by a lot of other voices on that one. That, that no. was an e- easy selection and uh, yeah, it was a good night. And uh, there was also another little special. Yeah. And this one was really exciting. You know, it's yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and we may not get to everything on this list because yeah, you know, totally we're getting fine. into some, some sideline topics, but I got to tell you about about this one. Um, The one thing is that, that we've been doing this for, for 20, 26 years, we're in the 26th year. Um, And you've been involved since day one, even though, you know, you weren't on staff. Yeah. 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 Um, Full full time involved since day one. Yeah. Uh, Joe McLean, um, who's uh, you know, everybody knows Joe. I mean, I, I honestly think people know Joe more than they know me. Um, Joe has been involved in golf, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the region, which seems like forever, uh, you know, whether, <laughs> whether it's from, you know, you know, initially being, uh, simply, uh, you know, a director with the OVGA, yep. uh, you know, a tournament director, mm-hmm. you know, archivist, president. you know, past president. So, yeah. I mean, this is somebody that and, and and devotes their time, you know, has devoted his his time and his energy to to flagstick and and what we do for years, you know, covering golf tournaments. Heavily involved with the PGA of Canada, Ottawa zone for many years, still is. Does the starting on the first tee of most of the P, of the uh, flagstick.com uh, Ottawa PGA Players Tour events, um, you know, creates he's created multiple um historical books for for many golf courses uh you know that are celebrated big anniversaries Mm -hmm. i mean you know joe and and we do all these things year after year after year we do them because we love what we do um yes the business of flagstick is a business and yes the goal is to is to be profitable and make money and and so you know we can make a living doing this but for somebody particularly like Joe, it's not about, you know, it's not yeah. about a big salary. It's not about a big payday. Um, you know, he's retired now and he does this just because he, he loves being around it and involved mm-hmm. in it and talking to the people and seeing the people. And we never ask for recognition. Mm-hmm. It, it, we, we've never, we know we don't really want it. Uh, necessarily it's great when it happens but we've never really asked for it but some people are deserving of it you know just because of what they've done in their lives uh and how much they've touched the game of golf and and i 
I hope at some point down the road, you know, when Hall of Fames are discussed, uh, that that Joe's name pops up for something like that as well. But the Ottawa Sports Awards recognized Joe with a special recognition award at this yeah. year's uh, um, Ottawa Sports Awards dinner and ceremony. And I, I cannot, I mean, I know you might have, you have some things to say too, but I cannot um, express enough how deserving this individual is and how, mm-hmm. how proud I am of everything that he's accomplished and everything that he's done for us and for me personally. Uh, beyond just flagstick joe is a friend um and his wife paula you know there's 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 few people in the world like joe we need more people in the world like joe but there's few people in the world like joe and to see him get you know recognized in this fashion um it's outstanding it's amazing and it makes me really happy yeah you know what um it's deserving because you know he does it because he cares you know, there's not a there's not a motivation, as you said, uh, from a financial standpoint. It's not a motivation to, you know, be recognized or anything. It's it's to leave the game better than he found it, mm-hmm. and, and his involvement is, is such that. And he also wants to bring the joy the game has brought him to other people as well, and encourage that. And you know, I think he knows, and I think you know all the other players that have met Joe over the year recognize that as well is that you know he's influenced how they see the game Mm -hmm. and that's that's important and as you said need more people like joe that are that are caring about the game that are doing things very selflessly you know they're not doing it with ulterior motives uh and as a result you know the ottawa sports award obviously recognized that uh, gave him the special recognition and and certainly well deserved and you know we we could wax on here and you know if Joe if Joe listens to this I'm sure he'll be embarrassed by it uh, and you know kind of slough it off um, but it is well deserved and as you said we we both think so highly of Joe and Paula and what they've done for golf in this community uh, other sports as well he was obviously involved with basketball and and uh, other things as well and and certainly. You know, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes that people don't get to see that, you know, when something like this happens, um, you're just you're just happy for them as far as the recognition, whether whether he wants it or not. Exactly. Exactly. Congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, Joe. Um, Okay, we're uh, we're going to have to take a break soon, but, you know, I'd like to push through a few more items before we uh, before we do that. Uh, So. uh, Brooke contends again, top 10 um, uh, at the, uh, the, the LPGA event just passed, yeah. uh, leading yeah. into obviously the, uh, the KPMG women or uh, LPGA yeah. PGA, uh, championship is coming up an event that she has won. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, she's got, a, I had another top 10 finish. So her game is definitely yeah. trending in the right direction. I don't think it was ever really trending in the wrong direction, but coming off of of you know whatever illness it was that she had or whatever time she needed and she's been playing um really strong golf ever since including the the victory two weeks ago so you know good for her uh, and uh you know we we hope uh we good luck to her um you know at the uh at the lpga PGA. uh championship pga championship um U.S. Uh, junior amateur qualifier at Timber Ridge, so that's yeah. that's kind of cool. Uh, great opportunity yeah. for some juniors to uh, to punch their ticket to the U.S. junior amateur. 
Yeah, so uh, that took place uh, this week down at Timberidge in, in Brighton. A huge field there. Yeah. Uh, the tee time started super early, went to like 1.40 in the afternoon. Yeah, uh, four players were qualifying for the U.S. Junior uh, Amateur, which is technically the boys. It's just the original name, so they have it for that. And the U.S. Junior Girls. Uh, special shout out there uh, to Ellis Kinnaird and David Lafreniere from Ottawa, who topped it on the boys' side of it. Um, you can go up to our Twitter account, and we've got the eight players listed there that, that okay. made their way through. Uh, cool part for Ellis was he had a hole-in-one on the 14th hole nice. uh so excited though that uh he kind of missed things on the very next hole and, and and sort of hit a ball in a hazard when he went to lay up on a par five according to uh Oof. according to his coach and made a double after his uh, hole in one uh but good no thing he made the, the hole in one yeah no matter the case uh you know he's on to bandon dudes for that uh u.s junior amateur so congratulations to him and, and all the other players that uh qualified through uh, at that site again as you said it's it's cool to have a, a usga championship qualifier right here in eastern ontario cool um black bear ridge outstanding yeah. golf course very much um very much known not not just because of its layout but because of its conditioning yep uh you know one of the very best conditioned golf courses uh you know in this region uh, for sure we're, and we're blessed to have it in 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 uh, the belleville area but um You've got a story coming soon on flagstick.com about the accommodations that's been kind of an ongoing thing for, for quite some time. And probably ever since the golf course was built, the plan was to put some level of accommodation on the property, and that's happening. Yeah, they've they've had uh, they've had some available there, but uh, under the new ownership, uh, they've obviously uh, you know made some big investments into three uh, three houses that are there on site, uh, transformed them. Uh, so we've got some photos of that and some things that'll be going in the story, some details as well. Uh, there'll be more things happening there as we look in the future. But uh, I would just say these are first class. If you've got some large groups and stuff like that and you're interested in going, they're going to be pretty attractive to you. And, you know, it, it's going to be attractive enough that, uh, you know, even if somebody's used to something that's super high end uh, mm -hmm. in a different area, they're certainly going to find it uh, pleasing. So keep an eye on that. We're going to uh, we'll probably have that up next week week uh working with them on some of those details have it pretty much uh uh down now um but uh next week on flagstick.com you can check that out cool and uh, uh great lakes tour event was at um was also in belleville yeah um major wind oh <laughs> major wind that was that, that was that on event, that weekend yeah 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 somebody had to win it was still some good golf played but uh right. but you know goodness gracious having to play in those kinds of conditions is is always difficult but um, the event happened and, uh, and, uh, they had a winner. <laughs> well, that's good. Which is great. Second, uh, second playoff hole with a yeah. birdie. Yeah. Uh, Mark Casulo. Yeah. Um, was the, uh, was the winner on the second playoff hole with a birdie, uh, and, uh, you know, in the, for the, uh, the Belleville open on the great yeah. lakes tour. So, um, awesome. Good. I guess, Six, I guess survival 60K, of the fittest, right? Yeah. 60 K wins on the Saturday. That's there, insane. So it was a pretty big fight and uh, Casillo and one other player were the only two to break uh, par on the Sunday, which was obviously had uh, heavy wind as well. So, uh, but uh, again, nice win there and, and always good. That was at Trillium Wood. Uh, always good to see uh, any type of pro golf uh, visiting the area. So yeah, so that, lots of action in Belleville this past week. Eh? It like, seems so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It a lot was, of stuff was, going on. Yeah. Um, something. Okay. So one last thing before sure. before we 
pop out for uh for a little break yeah. um i'm excited about this yeah <laughs> as it, it it appears you might it appears as though my golf. first round of golf of the year is going to be at the ottawa hunt club <laughs> <laughs> of all the yeah. like i don't know how i don't know how i work this out I, i'm gonna have to do something to get out and this weekend to, to play or hit a ball because there's no look, way look that i'm look. making my first round of golf at look the it's um, going to be a media day. It's not I about know, but scoring. Still, There's you know? no leaderboard. You're not competing against the tour. Players. No, and with with any hope, I play with I play get to play with you and Joe, so that at least the yeah. level of embarrassment and how bad I hit the ball <laughs> is is uh, is going to be limited. But yeah, the the CP Women's Open is having their media day, which generally media days do precede uh, some you know big tour events yep. like and especially like this one. Obviously, it's a little ahead of the. A little ahead of the tournament but uh for sure um i'm excited about it i'm excited about uh you know getting it seeing the golf course for the first time in a while i'm excited about playing i'm excited mm -hmm. about possibly playing with you and joe and whoever else they uh they uh shame into playing with us um <laughs> but um i'm also excited to hear you know during these media conferences and media availabilities uh that day i'm excited to hear what you know what they have planned um mm -hmm. you know for the event coming up and uh obviously whatever happens there whatever information we're given we're going to pass on and share through flagstick.com and on this on this show uh following that obviously generally we do record on tuesdays but we might delay next week to make sure that we have some follow-up from this event we'll see uh, yeah and yeah and, it's uh, exciting yeah, we'll try and uh, we'll try and get some audio there as well. Uh, last time they had the media day before the the event was there in, in 2017. We did uh, interviews with uh, Lori Kane and Brooke Henderson, who are CP ambassadors. They're both going to be on site uh, next week, and so hopefully we can get a chance for a little bit of one on one time with them. Uh, some some clips. It's it's always busy. There's obviously going to be a lots of media uh, there, so you, you kind of have to fight for some time. But uh, we'll see what we can do. And then uh, obviously Ryan Paul, who's the tournament director director you know he's given us some some sneak peeks already uh what we should expect at, at the cp they're going to give some details of what uh, their plans are uh including the rink which is a very popular element yes, of the rbc canadian open uh we're hearing that is going to make an appearance at the ottawa hunt uh and golf club uh at the end of august for the event so uh yeah lots more details on the way uh from that media day uh and uh, we'll share that with you next week awesome all right that was a heck of a front nine. It um, was. But uh, lots of lots of good stuff. And I know we pushed through a lot of it. There's lots of good stuff that we had to talk about and still lots of good stuff left to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, it might be noted that we're not wearing hats today. Um, for a change. For a change. <laughs> uh, when we come back, uh, obviously, we're going to head to the lesson tee and Kevin's going to help us help you tidy up your takeaway because mine doesn't need tidying. And we have that interview that you did with uh, with Gord, Gord Percy, who's yep. the new president of the PGA of Canada. And uh, that's right after the break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay, I'll send you a link. Okay. Bye. Over the past 40 years, you've inspired us to make a lot of great drivers. All great but all eventually reached their limit. But while we were making all these drivers for the present, we were also hard at work making the next generation of driver. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins. 
Well, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast. You're uh, you're here with uh, Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod, and you're about to be uh, blessed with the opportunity to figure out some more problems that can be improved with your golf swing. As uh, as we take this time now to head out to the lesson tee with uh, Kevin Haim. And uh, the lesson tee is uh, brought to you by Kevin Haim Golf School. It's always the right time to play better, whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or even a custom club fitting. Visit kevinhaim.com and remember that better golf is a lot more fun. Um, Kevin is going to try to help with uh, tidying up your takeaway a little this week. So take a listen to this. Okay, golfers, we're back inside our 3D motion capture studio. We use a system called Gears here. Jake, how many systems in the country? I think we're at three now. By the way, Texpert Jake back here getting all our data. Yeah, we were the first in the country. It's really incredibly accurate data. We love our system. Uh, Jake, today we're going to talk about the swing away from the ball, the, the takeaway. And I want to focus on the angle between the club and the forearms and how, how the hands and wrists should stay kind of quiet during that, that takeaway, right? Great. Let's take a look at it. Okay, here we go. So we get the golf ball under my lead ear. Nice balance centeredness here. And just a nice golf swing, a normal golf swing. Ooh, that was solid. I like that one. Good shot. Yeah, that came off the middle of the face with a little heat. Okay, so we're, uh, let's go. Jake, can we show now that angle between the club and my lead forearm? Yeah, absolutely. So here you are at address. We can see that 139.5 number. That is the angle of your forearm to your golf club. So it's showing us the angles of your forearms and wrists at address and how that relates to the golf club. how is that, Jake? It's pretty typical, I think, right? That 139.5 number? Yeah, that number will change a little bit based on your height and your posture angle, but we're well within the range that we would expect to see. Okay, let's swing me back so the club's kind of near my trailing knee there and, and have a look at that and see what that looks like and... Yeah, so as you begin to turn your chest and swing the club away yeah, from the ball. That. I love that. It looks by, really swingy. Yeah, by using your body rotation, we can see that that angle has extended a little bit. There is a weight to the club head, so the club will tend to set your wrist down just a touch. Oh, it's actually increased a bit. It's down. It's at 144 now, so as I swing the club back past my trailing leg, it actually pulls down a little bit of ulnar flex in that wrist, right? It pulls the wrist down a little bit. Agreed, and then as you begin to swing the club to what we would call nine o'clock in your takeaway, your wrists begin to set a touch, and all of a sudden, we're at a very similar position to where we started. Yeah, so I now, love that. So as I swing back and the club gets to waist high, what is that angle from the my left or my lead forearm in the golf shaft? What is it, Jake? Uh, 138. So we're within a degree and a half of where you started. Wow. And when we look at how much your chest is turned and where your club is in this position, you can see Ooh, that like by using your chest to swing the club away, not only did your wrist stay quiet in the, within a degree and a half at this position, but you had a lot of face control and an ability to swing the club on plane because your hands weren't manipulating the club and club yeah, face. It's a big muscle swing away from the, from the golf ball. I turn my chest, swing my arms, and I don't try to keep my wrist static or or firm, I just swing, and so they don't move around very much. Next time you're practicing golfers, just work on a, a chest-driven, arm-swingy takeaway. Just think, quiet hands and wrists, and I bet you start hitting better golf shots. Absolutely. Okay, okay. I can see it. Maybe my <laughs> golf swing does need a little tidying up on the takeaway, and that may yeah. just help. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, Kevin and Jake are making use of gears there to measure what's happening with the wrist angles uh, in the takeaway. And, you know, as they mentioned, uh, a lot of people get very active in the backswing with a lot of extra components and extra things going on in their in their takeaway. And certainly what happens in that backswing really sets up what is going to happen in the downswing. So, you know, pay attention to that stuff. People. You mean how you start impacts how you finish? Um, maybe just a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we're uh, we're grateful that we have Kevin and uh, and Jake, um, you know, available to us to help do these tips for us uh, week in and week out on each and every episode. So we're looking forward to what uh, what happens next week. But in the meantime, head to the range, and uh, we don't even have to head to the range, but tidy up your takeaway. Yeah. Okay, Scott the uh we now enter into the official back nine of the podcast the back nine is presented by golf sim gurus work on your golf game all year round in the privacy of your own home custom golf simulators setups built to your specs and your budget visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more um you had an opportunity to sit down with with a really good friend of ours that we've known, yep. Gord Percy, who we've known for many, many years, mm -hmm. going way back to his uh, amateur <laughs> 30, days. At, 30 years, yeah, yeah junior days. It's yeah, crazy. crazy. Like the amateur days he, back at uh, at Rivendell in, yep. uh, in Verona. Verona, Ontario. And... Um, but Gord has come a long way. Yeah, 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 yeah. For <laughs> and sure. uh, and it was announced that uh, Gord was had been announced as the forty seventh president of the PGA of Canada, and uh, you had an opportunity to sit down with Gord mm -hmm. and have a, a little Zoom chat and yep. um, get a little more insight from him. And uh, why don't you just set that interview up, and then we'll then we'll go we'll go to it. Yeah, we just, uh, you know, we covered a few different things, as you'll see there, but, uh, you know, a little bit of his background and how he got to the position that he is now, uh, obviously, at the, uh, you know, as the GM and head professional at Smith Falls Golf and Country Club and, and uh, you know, working his way into uh, doing things with the board at the administrative level with the PGA, working into uh, that at the national level, and now, you know, what his role is uh, with the PGA of Canada, and also how he sees uh, that role going forward and maybe what, uh, you know, what he sees the future is for the PG of Canada under his tenure. Uh, and uh, I think if people will find it interesting, if they don't know Gord, I think this will really show what he's like from a, a character standpoint, you know, and how good of a leader he will be for the PG of Canada uh, during the, his term as the president. All right. Well, without any more delay, let's, uh, let's have a, uh, let's have a listen and, and at, uh, with that interview. All right. Well, welcome back to the Flagstick podcast. And we've got a special guest today, somebody we've known for quite some time here at Flagstick, uh, been a previous columnist, a longtime friend of the magazine. Gord Percy, welcome to the Flagstick podcast. Hey, thanks, Scott. Yeah, it's always exciting to do stuff with you guys. And uh, yeah, you've always been there with, when I started right out. I think kind of the first year I got into it, you guys were getting your magazine going too. So it was, uh, it's been a lifelong connection i guess yeah. <laughs> it, it has we we've run parallel for quite some time um you know you're you're in your 26th year now as a pga professional we knew you when you were an amateur um you're now the general manager and head professional at smith falls golf and country club we'll, we'll establish that but uh more recently you were installed as the 49th president of the pga of canada first off congratulations on that no thank you thank you it's exciting 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just overall, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your pathway uh, to getting there. Maybe a lot of people are not familiar with, you know, sort of that position and, and, and what, it, uh, what it encompasses, but, you know, how you got uh, to where you are and how you maybe quickly got into the industry and, and progressed to getting involved with uh, boards and, and, you know, looking at uh, being involved with sort of the governance side of the association. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I've worked at golf courses since I was 15 and I, I never really worked even in a back shop. I was straight into the pro shop and way back when there was a St. Lawrence junior tour, uh, you know, I was involved with, even though I was playing in it as a junior, I was helping run the events. So uh, kind of got into it way back then and uh, just kind of enjoyed it ever since. Um, I really got involved with the PJ of Ottawa uh, board when I was working with Kevin Haim and uh, he got me involved a bit and uh, uh, I was captain then and, and we did some things clubs for kids tour and, and some stuff like that and then you know I was on that in two different stints and then actually we had uh, Derek Sprague who's a past president of the PGA of America up as a guest to play in our uh, member guest at Carlton and, uh, you know, I spent two days with him and, and I think at the time he was the uh, vice president and, um, you know, it got me interested in maybe looking at the National Association in Canada and because, it, you know, everything needs to improve. And I think at, at that time, the association maybe was in a, in a downward trend in, in terms of, um, its importance and its respect level, even amongst its own members. So uh, I think things have really improved the last little while and uh, we're on a good trend. And, um, and so that's what excited me to, to, to get involved and, and get onto the executive and, and to the path to be president. Yeah, it's been a long-standing association. If people are not familiar, it was obviously founded in Ottawa, um, you know, early part of the last century. Uh, so it's been around a long time, and there's been ebbs and flows, obviously. And, and the association is important. I mean, it, it is the uh, the way that you know all the members are sort of glued together, and and you know they kind of work together to you know kind of have common goals and so forth. Um, you know, in working with the board, what, what's kind of the what's kind of the big appeal for you? I mean you know obviously you've done a lot as a as a pga professional um but you know is it is it giving back is it like you said tr trying to provide you know maybe a different path forward and just contributing uh kind of your ideas and and uh you know just being helpful to to your fellow professionals i think it's it's all of that um it's important to me i think to help our fellow professionals a lot I know everybody's busy and, and sometimes people don't have time to, to put forward to do this kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's something that's important to me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm a very good listener and can uh, develop ideas and things quickly. Um, yeah, they always say that if, as soon as I start speaking at a board meeting, you better be listening because it's a, uh, something serious is about to come up so <laughs> um, yes yes you choose your words wisely that's for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i think i'm just good at getting things done too you know uh, yeah i i i think i'm, I'm good at organizing that and um yeah and i think I, you know people respect me enough to know that i'm gonna do what's 
best for everybody, not you know, personally or, or for a selected group per se. Yeah. And that's obviously a big challenge, you know, well over 3000 members. So, uh, you know, trying to be a voice for everyone and trying to have everyone's best interest at heart. Um, you know, it, it can be a challenge for sure. Um, but obviously, you know, shaping the future of the association is very vital. Are, are there certain things that you've seen maybe in the past um, that, you know, have been weaknesses for the association that you would like to see change uh, in going forward? Yeah, so, you know, I, I joined the executive four years ago with that really in mind, because that's where a lot of the work is done. Um, and at that time, we had hired Kevin Thistle, which I think was a good change of direction for us. Um, it was just a, a time for a different type of voice and different type of leadership, I think. Um, I, I think we've gotten away from being member oriented and, and we're thinking more of as a too much as a global association instead of a, a member association. And, uh, you know, I think Kevin's helped that a lot. I think there's still lots to do, but, you know, I think we've made it more affordable for younger professionals. I think we've made it easier uh, to obtain that education and if they have the drive to do it. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think it's easy to do. It's just, it's more accessible and more, you're able to do it more on your own time, maybe sometimes, um, you know, so those are big things, but, you know, I think we really now have a strategic plan going forward that uh, we worked a lot on in the last two years. And uh, the, you know, the diversity inclusion task force was, uh, we had a lot of recommendations from it, but a lot of them are very easy to implement. Sure. Um, but that was a really great experience. We, we worked for 11 months hard we we had I had way more meetings of that than I had any other meetings combined so um, and it was with people from all over the world which is interesting and you know I I really started to learn how the PG of Canada is respected around the world um, you know I think even our members don't realize you know that we're the second oldest association and third largest in, in the world and uh, um, people listen to us and they they want to meet with us and often they look at us as a leader. So, uh, you know, that's important for me to continue that. And uh, yeah. Now, you know, there's some different challenges, obviously, you know, in the industry, um, you know, it's a busy industry, but, you know, we also have some labor shortages, just like a lot of other industries and things right now, you know, you mentioned uh, getting more people involved and that continues to be a challenge to, to get people involved in the industry. What, what would you say would be some of the benefits of, of why, you know, a young person should be, or would be attracted to this as a career? Cause obviously you've made a career of it. Uh, you know, myself as a PGA of Canada, a member as well very proud to be a member and and doing it in a different aspect um what do you think the uh what do you think the big strengths would be and and that should attract them more than anything yeah I, I think you know looking at it as a really a truly a lifelong career you know I, I think a lot of people get into different ideas thinking that they'll change work or who they work for or or the style of business they'll work for you know, 10 times over their lifetime. And, right. uh, you know, it's certainly, it's a, a decision you have to make early on in this and it takes some dedication, but mm -hmm. man, it's forever. Uh, you know, 
we see our own members, as you, as you know, and I get notes from past presidents and um, even at our, our AGM, um, um, Sam Young was there and, uh, you know, he said, oh, I'll see you later. I have to go teach some lessons this afternoon. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's 86, like it's yeah. amazing. So it's a different kind of, of business in that sense that you, you'll be doing it forever. Yeah. And, but it, I think it's good for you because as you probably know, I think too many people retire so young now that they don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, the biggest challenges are, I think two things is, is wages for, um, sustainable wages, wages that are fair mm -hmm. for everybody and kind of that work-life balance, you know, as much as we want people to work hard, it's not fair to ask people to work 60 hours a week. Um, and we won't retain people if, if we do that. No, It's not uh, even, it's not sustainable in any sense. So, you know, part of that I think is now our educating and working with our other stakeholders, you know, the, the owners and, and even the superintendents and um, just so that we, and the manager's association, just so we're kind of all getting more on that idea. That's a big thing for the PGA of America right now. Um, we're lucky that we have some access to their studies and things. And when they have so many people in their association, they can get good numbers and work-life balance is their number one concern more so than, and wages. Um, and, but I think wages, especially regionality is there's some areas where we really got to you know, try to help and improve that. Yeah, and that would reinforce the entire industry because I mean, obviously, if if uh, you know people are willing to stay at clubs because they've got a position that you know is comfortable for the fact that the you know they're getting paid fairly, um, they're doing good work, um, but they also want to have some loyalty to that facility. That actually helps the facility long term, and yep. it helps the whole stability of the the industry as well. So um, you know that's a big task, as you said, and you've got to work with a lot of the stakeholders. Um, what do you feel then you know as the pg of canada uh president i mean uh, how much of that do you think you can actually you know get done even during your tenure or is it a matter of you know just starting down that road so that you can kind of shape the path of where where things go uh, well i think it's a bit of both again i, I think it, it's something i'll probably have to only be able to start right. um but i think you know, there's there's people in all of our, our stakeholders and positions of power now that, you know, are very familiar with the PGA of Canada. And and I think that we're getting better relationships with them. And, you know, Kevin has already started to help with that. Um, but I, I think that we need to press them a little bit and, uh, and make them understand those benefits for the clubs. And I think that that's what gets their attention, you know, is the bottom line and 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 the success of their facilities and we've got to do a better job of of making them understand how important the pros are mm -hmm. to that long term and short term of course yeah yeah i mean obviously the uh you know the the golf professional becomes one of the experts uh that is working at a club which in some cases is maybe not recognized as much as it should be um, how hard of a struggle is it to 
you know, to get clubs to realize and understand what's involved with the education for the professionals. But on the same, same sort of vein, you know, it's up to the professionals as well to keep learning throughout their entire careers. So how does the PGA of Canada go about sort of promoting both aspects of that for the clubs to realize how, you know, there's value to having a PGA professional at their club? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of it is, um, attending some of their conferences where a lot of the owners are or uh, where a lot of the managers are because they, they still definitely don't know the education that a lot of our members go through and achieve uh, and have information that would really help their, mm -hmm. their facilities. Uh, I also think that the, we've got to teach our pros to be better at promoting themselves sometimes. Um, but I, you know, I think that's something that I, in a talks with a lot of past presidents is well, the association, I, I think we need to do a better job of promoting ourselves um, and aiding our, our younger uh, apprentices and assistants to, to know, to do that themselves too. Do you think there's a lot of opportunities though now? I mean, you know, when we look at things like social media, for an example, that allow a greater amount of access to, to promote, um, you know, do you think that's sort of a, a key and how do you jumpstart the membership to, you know, kind of rise up as a whole and, and, you know, really, I guess, really shout from the mountaintops that, you know, they're experts in a certain way and that they can help the bottom line at a golf club. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think social media is a is gigantic tool. Um, I, I think we need to help them in, in the sense of making it as easy as possible, whether we set up some kind of templates or, or have some mentors who can uh, assist them in, the, in, in setting those things up. And if we can make that as easy for them as possible, um, I, I think then they can run with it after that. But I think a lot of time it's just getting them started and and getting their foot in there and and you know it's not just the younger people it's you know the social media like some of our older members who are amazing teachers amazing you know organizers uh they could take advantage of that for sure too and, you know and lengthen their careers or increase their value even more but i think we, we got to kind of set up those templates or those pathways uh at least to get their 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 foot in the doorstep. Now I know, uh, you know, the, the demand for golf and especially things like golf lessons has been unprecedented in the, in the last couple of years. Uh, I know in fact, though, at some clubs, you know, they're struggling to find coaches and teachers. Uh, obviously the PGA is tied into the national coaching certification uh, program. Um, very important as far as the training. What do you think the PGA can do to kind of, you know, make it easier for people to access uh, good quality instruction and coaching? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think it's, it's not just golf. It's, you know, as doctors, they have a hard time finding doctors to go to certain areas. So, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I, I I still don't know if I know all the answers to that. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think any of us do. But <laughs> um, I think the the first good step is that we we do have um, an increase in membership for the last two years, uh, which we need a little bit of for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, that's something that we really got to look into more because we're getting a lot of requests. Um, 
and I've done a lot since uh, just becoming president of, of people in, in northern areas, um, rural areas that are looking for help. You know, they yeah. want they want help how to run programs, and so so that's an important part of of what we've I've got to work on, and, and what the whole association has to work on. Yeah, it's a big country. And, you know, you know, as somebody who grew up at a, you know, a smaller golf course, and I, I did myself, you know, you don't always have access to that. And that's, you know, really where, you know, maybe there's a, a, an opportunity to kind of bring in some of those people and recruit some of those people at some of those smaller facilities and maybe show them how to join the association overall. Um, what would you say your, your kind of priorities are within the, uh, you know, within your, your mandate going forward? What would you say your, your, maybe your two top key things would be? Um, well, definitely one of my, my biggest thing for sure. Uh, well, I, there are two big things. Uh, one is that what we can do for the pros to make them feel like they can promote themselves better, you know, and, give them more tools, um, help them be able to obtain those better jobs to increase their wages um, and still have a network life balance. So that, that's a, a real big thing for me. Uh, and the other is, is in that diversity area and not just in diversity of our membership, um, which is improving, but still has a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, having our pros be able to educate their facilities on better to be open to the inclusion of, of everybody. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's, you know, you go to a men's night or uh, they need some education for sure at some of these places. Like it's, it's not always the most welcoming uh, atmosphere yeah. for employees or for potential golfers to join, even though they might be having fun, there's usually people being excluded. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, so it's important you, with you, me that. Do you think that's just been a bad, you know, a bad culture in general with golf is that, you know, we've gotten used to certain things and we've become accepting of that. Whereas, you know, that's pretty myopic. We're not looking beyond that. And, you know, we can strengthen the game by, by looking wider instead of looking narrower. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and you know, COVID has been a great benefit to golf, and it's brought a whole bunch of new people to golf. But if we want to keep them, we're going to have to, to work on that. It's, it's it's not as simple as a, here's a golf course and come play. Uh, there's a lot of other things to do now <laughs> uh, other than golf, right? Like, yeah. so um, we've got to make it as attractive as we can to everybody. And gosh, Canada's diversity as a, as a whole is just so ever-changing compared to what it was a decade ago right. it's really really different in certain regions it's unbelievable it uh you know it, things are changing a lot so we've got to get our you know our members to change and then help their facilities change to you know in, in a sense be more successful and and be a, a fair and better place for everybody I like it. Well said. Uh, one last thing here. Obviously, your introduction as a as the president, the 49th president, uh, was done by your daughter, uh, Paige, uh, which I thought was incredible. And Paige and Ethan, uh, you know, who's your son, uh, have been very important to you and important to you as far as, you know, your life in the industry. How special was it for you for for Paige to be, uh, you know, providing that introduction? 
Uh, no, it was great. Uh, I, I know she's really proud of me. She's she likes the association a lot. She worked for me when I, I was at Carleton. Um, she's went to a couple RBC scrambles with me, helped us start on the first tee with Bob <laughs> Weeks and you know, with eight layers of clothes on. And uh, but you know she sees how it's a you know it's important to me and it's kind of my other second family in a sense. And it's been great, you know. My son, uh, I've been lucky now that he has a job where I have some time to golf with him. And uh, you know, sometimes with like last night, we played late in the evening and just played six or seven holes, and um, so it's nice. And I know he's very proud of it. And yeah, he caddied for me last year at the the Club Pro Championship too. So yeah, they're uh, they're everything to me. And then the PGA is kind of my my third child. So. Well, uh, you know what, on behalf of uh, myself and other members, we certainly appreciate that. Um, you know, we're looking forward to your tenure as a president, uh, as a longtime person who's, uh, you know, known you, uh, I, I'm, you know, excited to see the changes and things that you can do, do and the impact that you can make on this association. So uh, thank you. Good luck for uh, the, your tenure. Looking forward to working with you as well uh, in any capacity yeah. to, to kind of help things along. And we appreciate you coming on the Flagstick podcast. No, and thank you for all of your help, you and, and Jeff along the way. It's been awesome. And you guys do such a great job. It's uh, it's fantastic. So appreciate it all. And uh, we'll hopefully see you soon and maybe get a golf game in. Sounds great. Thanks, Scott. No worries. Well, I mean, I mean the one thing I, I mean, I'll tell you, and I think I think people that that listened or watched that interview uh, will get from from that interview is that Gord is Gord's a very um, he, he speaks very well. He's mm-hmm. very, he's a very smart guy. Yep. Um, he, uh, he gets his point across uh, of what it is that, you know, it, it's just some, some people that get into the roles of presidents, get into the roles of presidents, uh, you know, in, in a figurehead role, um, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily a role where they actually want to accomplish anything. It's just a, you know, and and I'm not saying that that's the case with the PGA of Canada. I'm just saying in no. general, generally speaking, there are sure. you know people that don't really want to accomplish anything. Yeah, there's it's people clear. that fall. There's there's people that fall in love with the title, right? Exactly. There, it's yeah. clear um, with Gord that there is a sense of pride in having this this uh, this role, and and there's um, there's definitely a plan that he mm-hmm. he has something he wants to accomplish while he has that title. Um, and it's clear from that interview what that what that plan in his mind is and and I hope people got that point yeah you know what he uh you know he's willing to roll up his sleeves uh and make things better uh for the membership uh for golf in general as far as the influence of the PGA of Canada and the 3,700 members across the country including myself uh can have and uh you know it's just great to see and you know it's well deserved and certainly, you know, we've had some great presidents. Uh, this one's a little bit more personal because, as you said, you know, we've known him for so long. Um, but it's nice to hear his perspective uh, on what his plans are. And uh, we thank Gord uh, for sitting down and doing that interview. And we wish him all the best during his presidency. Cool. I'm sure we'll get more updates from Gord as his presidency continues. For sure. Um, all right. Uh, off uh, off to uh, the product watch segment, and 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 as usual, uh, we're we're taking it off the off the standard product page a little bit here. Um, 
the, the way we have the last few episodes, but um, we do have to do a product watch and product watch is brought to you by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Save 40% on daily green fees with FlexPass uh, for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more info on the FlexPass. Um, now, I kind of thought this was interesting when you sort of presented what the product watch was going to be. Yeah. Um, you said you want to talk about the stack system. Mm-hmm. And, um, and did you know much about the stack system? What's that? Did you know much about the stack system? I didn't system? know much about I mean, I, I, I will be honest. I was aware of it. I was right, familiar with it. But yeah. it's not really one of those products, one of those things that I, you know, I, I dive deep into uh, mm-hmm. to pad my knowledge base. So... Um, but what did interest me is that is uh, that um, uh, PGA Tour players like Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick yeah. um, is uh, used this, and they, and they had talked at great length about him uh, during the uh, the the latest PGA Tour event. Yep, the U.S. Uh, Open, obviously. You know, um, that Matt Fitzpatrick won. They mm-hmm. talked at great length about the fact, and he even did in his interviews, talked at great length about the fact that he felt like he was able to compete more in these types of championships because he was he was hitting it longer. Right. The announcers talked a lot about the fact that he had gained distance, um, mm-hmm. and and now we know why. So yeah, why don't really, you why don't you dive into this because yeah. this is this is definitely not more your area than mine, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the product is one of the contributing factors. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Matt Fitzpatrick sort of made a decision that, you know, he needed more length in his game if he was going to compete um, at the highest levels of the game. And, you know, he was already a multiple time winner in Europe, but, you know, hadn't done anything over on the P- uh, PGA Tour side of it. And then, you know, within majors, again, had been a contender, but needed some extra tools. And one of those extra tools was having more length so that he would be closer to the greens uh, and have a chance to get the golf ball closer to the hole as far as proximity wise now i watched him a fair bit up at the rbc canadian open and that was the first time i had seen him in quite some time and uh, super impressed obviously he could keep up with uh, you know the longest players that were out there which you know he's not a very big guy in fact you know i saw him on the monday of the canadian open uh he came into the media room and he was doing a, a video interview and he was sitting up in the in the front part of the media room and they literally were you know had him propped up on a chair and they had like three telephone books under the laptop and whatever. He's not a big dude, but, um, you know, but he was obviously a talented player and, you know, he would swing, you know, 112 miles an hour, which, you know, on the PGA tour is not very fast. Uh, so he know he needed to get better. And one of the first people that he looked into getting help with that, uh, was a biomechanist from Canada, Sashwell McKenzie, who actually is originally from Prince Edward Island. Um, and, you know, is works at St. FX, uh, University in Antigonish, Nova Scotia, really specializes in, like I said, biomechanics, but does a lot with golf, does a lot in different aspects of golf, uh, whether it's pressure mats and stuff with body track, does some consulting with ping. Uh, and he teamed up um, with Marty Jertson, who worked at ping, to work on a better system of uh a training aid for for golfers so that they could develop club head speed so first first segment there was Sashel working with matt to change his swing up a little bit to help him be a little bit more efficient to gain some more speed but then they brought in the stack now a lot of people are familiar in the last number of years with different types of speed type sticks and i won't name all the different kinds or whatever but you know they have certain training protocols but most of them will call them analog they're basically you know 
sticks that are certain items have some different weights, counterweights, you go through a routine and, and you kind of work away. Well, that has a limit as far as what you can do as far as, uh, you know, programming to a point, you can obviously design different programs for people to do. Um, but it doesn't have the sort of smart factor that's involved there. Now, the cool part with the stack system is that same type of thing. It's a training club. It uses five CNC milled uh, weights. Uh, they're down in the end. They have 30 different configura weight configurations from zero grams to 300 grams. The really cool part with the training as a person goes through and does protocols is that um, everything is sort of electronically captured and people are assigned programs based on what they're trying to accomplish through the app. And the app tracks their progress and it also modifies the program that they're fed. The neat part is that all that information is held in kind of a central database. And what the, you know, Marty and, and Sasho can do is they can start to see trends with different athletes. So as they get more and more data, they start to see trends of certain patterns that could be more helpful for certain athletes. And then they can assign different programs for you to go through a different protocol to get better and better. So it's kind of a smart, smart, you know, uh, speed stick in a sense. And, you know, this system with their specialized program, it just becomes a more versatile tool. And <clears throat> now we're seeing individuals have this. Um, they have options for coaches as well so that they can use it and then have it, you know, the programs relate to their specific students because obviously it's going to be different for every single person. And again, it just makes it a very versatile tool. If someone is really after speed and they've worked on some things from a technique standpoint with their coach, this gives them a training tool where they can go through a protocols that are really designed for them specifically and get smarter over time so that they're not just staying static and doing the same programs all the time. So brilliant system, obviously, since Matt Fitzpatrick uh, won, you know, their phones have been ringing off the hook and they have been for the yeah. last couple of years, but, you know, more excessively now with this exposure uh, at the U.S. Open and, you know, congratulations to those guys, a couple of the smartest people in, in the golf business. And, you know, I've done interviews with uh, both of them before, longer ones with Marty, but had some, you know, discussions with Sasha as well. These guys really care about, you know, helping golfers be better. So uh, cool system. People want to check it out. Uh, I think it retails just over, it's not super cheap. It's uh, around 300 plus as far as the system. But, you know, if you're dedicated to, you know, gaining speed in your golf swing, I mean, what would you pay for a few more yards? I mean, a lot of people are going out and buying, you know, new drivers, fitting, <laughs> all sorts of different things. So uh, in essence, it, it, it's pretty good. And Matt Fitzpatrick has gone from 112 miles an hour up to about 119 miles an hour uh, for club head speed. Super significant obviously has helped them win a major championship. So uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to help you win a major, but uh, it can certainly help make you improve. So that's the stack system. If people want to check it out. Cool. Um, wow. That is uh it's high tech stuff. eh? like the, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's not high tech so much in the, well, yeah, it is. It's high tech. Everything. Yeah, but, it's not, but it's, but it's not confusing. It's not confusing. It's, it's, it's smart. It's smart technology. No, but really just the, in general, the, the, yeah. the, the way, nothing 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 is better than 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 working with a uh, you know a golf professional on your on your game to to improve yeah. but the tools that are available even to the golf professionals who are teaching them even if it's a golf pro that that has this system and mm -hmm. he's using it with his students or yeah. you know you know whether it's a trackman or a you know a, mm -hmm. a you know a flight scope or you know whatever 
whatever you want to bring into gears, 3D motion capture, yep. you know, body track, you know, a mm-hmm. good friend of ours out, you know, Terry Hashimoto, you know, with the, the body track system and like all this stuff, it's, it's, and you see the guys using it and, yeah. and their game improvement things. It doesn't mean you can't get better if you don't, if you don't use the stuff, but it's just amazing no. how much stuff is out there that's, and how much stuff is available to me, 300 bucks for something like this. Yeah. Um, you know, I half expected you to say 3000, you know, <laughs> you know, just, just yeah. because when you describe it, it seems, it seems so, um, uh, so in depth and so detailed that it's like, yeah. okay, well, this thing's gotta be, you know, a couple grand or more, mm-hmm. you know, to I'm no way I'm spending that, but 300 bucks. I mean, spend 300 bucks on coffee in a year. I at do least. too. <laughs> at least I actually do probably spend more than three hundred dollars yeah, on mo- coffee. A lot, a lot of people do, and and yeah, I'm not surprised. But yeah, you know what? There are some great tools out there. Use properly; they can certainly help you improve. And you know, there's no sense in uh, you know using technology from the 1960s no. to to get better in 2022. It's uh three forty nine American is the That's, is the price. Seem, I mean, it's a lot of money, yeah. but it doesn't it's not it's not a ton. Yeah. So. So don't be afraid of it. Go get one. Yeah, there you go. Go get one. Um, well, um, that's a great way to uh, somewhat close off another mm. episode of the uh, Flagstick Podcast. Um, we do just want to touch on a couple of things quickly before we uh, uh, walk away from another another episode. Yeah. The, uh, the Flagstick 2-Ball is continuing to, the field is continuing to build. Um And uh, I know this is not the only place that people are hearing about the flagstick two ball, but those that are hearing about it either, uh, you know, on this podcast um, and you're sitting there thinking, Oh, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I'll (laughs) just wait. I strongly, strongly, strongly advise you to not wait. Yeah. Um, This is going to be a really fun competitive event at the Brockville country club, September 10th and 11th. Um, I, mentioned you know as always it's a flagstick event uh it's going to be you know a really good uh experience there's a decent very decent registration package um and um, we are adding sponsors and items to that registration package this is generally what happens is generally we do have a baseline of what the registration package is going to include and then as the event gets closer and closer um you know we get more and more uh, companies that want to be involved in these sure. events and the items that we add to the registration package start to increase. Um, recently, we've just added uh, Sundog Eyewear. Yep. Um, everybody's familiar with Sundog Eyewear. You can buy it pretty much at any pro shop and, and uh, golf retailer. Um, but Sundog uh, Eyewear Canada has come on board as a sponsor and we will be providing uh, every participant in the tournament with a pair of Sundog um, eyewear golf glasses. Uh, there's about five or six different models that she'll be able to choose from. And um, uh, we're hopeful the uh, the representative, our good buddy Roy, uh, is planning on coming down to, uh, to uh, do the sunglass fittings, if you will, um, yeah. So that's one new addition. Um, the other addition is that obviously people are aware that we have the flagstick head covers, uh, limited edition flagstick head covers. Well, we specifically earmarked um, a select number of those to hold back for this tournament. 
Yeah. And uh, we're just announcing now that um, every participant in the uh, Flagstick 2-Ball will be getting one of these uh, PU Leather Flagstick Limited Edition driver head covers. Um, they're awesome. They look great. And uh, so now, on top of other things that are in the registration gift, which we don't like to give it away, because I'm going to tell you right now, we don't like to make this about, oh, I'm going to play because of look at all the crap I get. Um, that's not, you know. Not crap. Not crap. Exactly. Stuff. Um, stuff stuff swag it's it's a going to be a really good registration package but we don't want you entering just because of that you're already yeah. getting an amazing value for for your entry fee uh two yep. rounds of golf at brockful dinner snacks practice range balls, balls yep. experience it's going to be a lot of fun prize hang out with us you know <laughs> yeah, get to hang out with us i mean what's better than that <laughs> be honest with ourselves the main highlight is being able to just hang uh, with scott and i for a weekend <laughs> um so you're already getting an amazing value and on top of that you're going to get a really good registration package and yeah, as 100%. we get closer and closer we're going to announce more pieces to that registration package but those of you that wait are the ones that are going to miss out because by the time we tell you what the last item in that registration package is the tournament's going to be full yeah, Keep in sure. mind the flagstick open while it had a 10 year has a 10 year history sold out in three days. Yep. Um, we didn't even really get a chance to announce what was in the registration package before it was sold out. Now, two ball is going to be a little bit longer because there's a lot of time between now and when it happens and people tend to not make those commitments. But I'm telling you right now, if you wait too long just to see what you're going to get, you're not going to get in and you're not going to get anything. Yeah. So Get yeah, and you're right. Play, players are interested from all over. I actually had uh, had a note this morning from uh, somebody in Calgary that said, "Oh, this looks like a lot of fun. Maybe next year that we'll make it here." So you know there is interest all yeah. over the place uh, for this. Uh, don't miss out. You know, don't complain about not having tournament opportunities, and then all of a sudden they're presented uh, in front of you. So you know, come join us at Brockville Country Club in September uh, for the Two Ball Championship. Grab a partner. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you then. All right. So that is it for another episode of uh, Flagstick Podcast. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Some Gurus, Greensburg Golf and Country Club, Kevin Hain Golf School. And of course, uh, again, this, uh, this week, our presenting sponsor, TaylorMade Golf Canada. Check out the new stealth line of golf equipment at tailormadegolf.ca. And welcome to the Carbonwood Age, people. Uh, hopefully, um, you are enjoying what you're hearing and listening or listening and watching um be sure to follow us across all of our social media platforms instagram twitter facebook subscribe to the podcast on spotify audible and apple podcast don't forget to to, to subscribe to our youtube channel like us yep. and click on the notification bell to make sure that you get uh, every single episode notified to you as it drops uh, again, and just a note, uh, we will be making an announcement about the YouTube contest yes. starting next week. Yeah, I but, spoke too soon. But if but, you want to, so if you want, if you want to get into that contest, we are making that available. Just hop on over to the YouTube channel, Flagstick Golf YouTube channel, and uh, leave a comment. What was the comment that we wanted to use, Scott? Uh, something like, I want to win free golf gear. Yeah, like I want to win free golf gear. 
Like, yeah. I want to win free golf gear is the comment that you leave. Subscribe and leave that comment, and uh, we'll make sure that you get entered into the contest anyway, but we will be making that announcement in the next episode. So, again, head on over to flagstick.com, and uh, you're going to get a more amazing golf content that we deliver every single day, and it oh, is yeah. ramping up huge. So get there. As always, we appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.